You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. So here we go. Round two. Dead on. Yes, the Raiders sideline explodes. I'll give a jackpot, partner. Jackpot, There you baby. go. <laughs> oh, yes. That, of course, was Brent Musburger and our own Lincoln Kennedy, who is with us today. It is Tuesday. It might not seem like a Tuesday because of all the discombobulation of the NFL schedule. Heck, there's games today. There's two games today. Uh, but we're not talking about the Rams game against the Seahawks or the Washington football team against the um, Philadelphia Eagles. We're talking about the Raiders beating the Browns. Lincoln Kennedy, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, hope all is well. Hope you got back to uh, Arizona safely from, obviously you did safely, but uh, it was a nice, easy trip from Cleveland back home. But Lincoln Kennedy, people are talking about an ugly win yesterday for the Raiders. <laughs> it might well, have been an ugly win, but it's a Mona Lisa in the standings. <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, first of all, Vinny and D, it's good to be with you guys. And, and yes, I did make it home. I'm a little burnt out. It's been a long season, but I'm, I'm trucking through it as much as I can. Uh, secondly, uh, I remember having not too long ago, there was a, there was somebody in, in an elevator. It was, I think it was one of the hotels we were leaving and, um, it was a fan and he was like, man, it was a good win today. And I'm like, every win is a good win. Every left loss is a tough loss. So it, it remains to be the same, but yeah, it, it's good to have, it's good to have a, a win come out of of this hijinks or however however you want to best describe it. What happened last uh, you know last week? There's no win in December that is ugly. Yes, maybe aesthetically it didn't look good. Maybe the score wasn't where you wanted it to be. But when what this is grown men adult football that's being played right now in December, and it's for the Raiders. There's meaning in these games. There's absolutely meaning, Lincoln. Everybody can call me right now, and I and you know the the phone lines are absolutely open. You want to call and talk about that? It's unlikely that the Raiders are going to get to the playoffs. Come on, bring it. Uh, I, I'm here to say, who cares whether it's likely or unlikely? The point is, there's still life in the Raiders, Lincoln. They win the next three games. As far-fetched as that might sound, although when you look at the schedule, there's nobody that really scares me so much that I right. don't think the Raiders can beat them. Um, if they do win their next three games, they have a 90% chance of getting to the playoffs. And that win-out scenario, Lincoln Kennedy, becomes 100% if the Colts lose to the Cardinals. Fairly reasonable. That could happen, right? Right. right. Yeah, it could happen. That yeah. could happen, right? Yeah. The Miami Dolphins lose to the uh, all-of-a-sudden hot New Orleans Saints. That's not out of the realm of possibility, no, is it? No, no, you're right. And the Buffalo Bills lose to the New England Patriots. That- I, I, I'm sorry, but is that out of the... Well, they already beat them, so no, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The no, Patriots have already beat them in yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Buffalo. So as unlikely as people want to make this out to be, there's a very likely path available to the Raiders to get to the playoffs. And Lincoln Kennedy, that's the only thing the Raiders need to focus on. I'm giving a big middle finger to the draft next year. To experimenting with another quarterback to see what the Raiders have for next year. Or another offensive lineman to see what they might have for next year. That is all. I I understand that. And you know what, Lincoln? There might be a time 
it might happen by the end of Sunday for that right. for that matter. Right. Where that those questions now become okay, that's something to think about. But until then, Lincoln Kennedy, no way, no how. This Raiders team doesn't need to be thinking about next year's draft or next year's quarterback or next year's anything. They need to be thinking about finding a way to the playoffs. That's how you build a winning foundation. That's how you build things that last. You don't build things that last by even thinking about the possibility of, well, who cares what happens in the game? We just want to see this player play that position. Well, you are way more fired up and optimistic after this Cleveland win. Optimi- <laughs> I'm not even optimistic. I'm not even optimistic. Well, look, you know, I'm here's the thing. This here, is the situation. Yeah, no, this is a situation, and they put themselves in a situation. We, we've said they for the last it. couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks we talked about how every, especially after the last loss, that from here on out, if you have any aspirations of the playoffs, you've got to win every game. Right. And then you're probably going to have to have some help because there's a big cluster of AFC teams. Um, and it's going to be difficult. You know, look, uh, for what it's worth, and we'll, we'll get into it as the week goes on, progresses along, but when you talk about the Denver Broncos, I think they're a quarterback away from having a good team. And now that, you know, uh, Bridgewater has gone down with the concussion protocol, I mean, yes, we would like to see Drew Locke in there because he likes to throw it to the Raiders players rather than the Broncos players. So, yeah, we would like to see him in there. Um, but, you know what, Indianapolis, that's, that's a tall task. They could lose their games, but that's a tall task for the Raiders to go in and beat them. It's not impossible. We've seen this team play like gangbusters. We've also seen this team wet themselves. It's just a thought of the, the inconsistency purview, you know, prevents me from looking any further ahead than the most immediate game, which is the Broncos. No doubt about it. And that's a game the Raiders should win. They should beat the Denver Broncos uh, on Sunday. Anything can happen. We've seen that all yeah. year. Anything yeah. can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. The Raiders lose to the New York Giants. Who thought that was going to happen? But yeah. it did happen. I'm saying this, though. If they do beat the uh, Denver Broncos, and hey, who knows what's going to happen with the Colts? They're playing a tough game against a tough team that needs to figure its uh, way back on track in the Cardinals in Phoenix. So that's no gimme right there for the for the for the uh, Colts. But let's say the Raiders win on Sunday. You know how big that game against the Colts is going to be? That is like you want to be in that position, Lincoln, especially as a young team, an organization that's trying to forge their way. Those are the games that you um, have to win. Those are the experiences you have to go through. That's what this is all about. So if the Raiders can just win on Sunday, they put themselves into, uh, in, in, uh, in position to play a huge game against the Colts and f- forget what would, might happen uh, a week after that against the, against the Chargers. But the point being, these are learning experiences. These are building blocks. You don't forsake any of this to think, 2022 and April 2022 in the draft or draft picks or the p- draft positioning and all. Who cares about it? Nobody should be thinking about any of that. And I guarantee you this, Lincoln, there ain't anybody in that locker room right now. Nobody, not one person, not one person at an organization right now is thinking anything beyond Sunday against the Denver Broncos and what kind of a position the Raiders can put themselves in with a win. Well, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, and they should be happy. Look, it was a hard-fought battle against Cleveland yesterday, and fortunately enough, they were able to come away with a win. We saw some great plays by some playmakers. I mean, it was absolutely outstanding what the defense was able to do um, after, you know, Derek threw the, his the second interception. Um, the, the fact they were able to go out and get a stop and get the ball back, get it back in their hands, um, it was great management by Basachi this time and calling timeouts when he was supposed to. Um, so they, uh, it was a total team effort to go come away from Cleveland with a win. Now you're looking 
forward to the Broncos. And this is a team that they handled easily in the midst of all their turmoil. It's not going to be the same this time around. This team is much farther, more developed and farther along now than they were the last time the Raiders faced them. However, they still are a beatable team because they're inconsistent on offense as well. But look, the, the Raiders are going to have to find some, still find some problems. They, their offensive line played a lot better. I think it was the only game that we've seen this year where Alice Leatherwood didn't have a penalty. Um, and that could have been, you know, some of the things that I heard grumblings on the sideline about um, holding me accountable and stuff like that. I'm not really sure. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And now they, they've got to win and now they're looking forward to the Broncos. And make no mistake, I don't want anybody to mistake that I think the Raiders should be happy right now. No, 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 no. I'm saying they should be energized. They've put themselves in a position in spite of it all. And part of putting themselves in this position were some of those, uh, you know, uh, losses that they shouldn't have lost. But it is what it is. They've put themselves in a position now to basically control their own destiny. They shouldn't be happy. They shouldn't be satisfied. They should be energized. They should be committed. Right. They should be. They should f- feel this moment and take advantage of it. And whatever happens, happens. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not saying that they're going to win out. But live for this experience and be focused on what the possibilities are if you just take care of business. And there's no happiness after yesterday's win. There should just be a re-energized um, you know, a team that should be flying, soaring into Sunday's game against Allegiant Stadium to protect their home turf, to finally start playing uh, well at home, and to win a big game at home and reward those fans that have supported this team through thick and thin. Well, I would love to see that. I really would. I, I think it's long overdue, and I think it would be a great way to, have, uh, to celebrate Christmas with the Raider Nation. No doubt about it, and uh, celebrating a uh, you know Christmas w- with with a win for Raider Nation, which is you know the Raiders are five and ten at home this year. That needs to get turned around starting on Sunday. So um, you know we talked about what happened uh, yesterday, and obviously there was a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances. Heck, I don't know how long you were in Cleveland, uh, Lincoln, but uh, I'm sure the, the, the travel plans got changed last minute. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. You and I haven't gotten a chance to talk about that. Um, you know, it is what it is. Hey, that's the, that, was the op- that was the circumstance. you got to deal with whatever the circumstance is in the NFL. I have talked to some people uh, in the league who felt bad for the Raiders from this perspective, Lincoln. You know, Listen, when I was in Dallas all last week, remember the whole Super Bowl uh-huh. and da da da. Everybody was there from the NFL. The commissioner, Doctor Sills, uh, the whole, all of the hierarchy of the NFL was in Dallas. And don't think for a second I'm not. When I'm starting to look at all these numbers, these COVID nineteen numbers coming out of Cleveland, I'm thinking, huh? I mean, is this? Is there any chance that this thing's going to get postponed Monday? No. Tuesday? No. 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 Not even thinking about that. Wednesday, absolutely not. Uh, if they've got enough players to play, they play that game. Thursday, nope. Not thinking, not even discussing that possibility. Friday, the Raiders are on the bus to go to the airport. Game postponed. So talking to people in the NFL, they're like, you know, if you were going to do that, why wait till the last second to just jack the Raiders all up in terms of the travel, the schedule, all that. Just have them stand down and prepare for that earlier in the week when it was trending in that direction. So it was it was no, 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 not at all. No, heck no. If you got enough players, you play. All of that up until literally the Raiders on the way to the airport. That's where, not that they were singling out the Raiders, not that they, um, you know, uh, did that on purpose. It's, it was a circumstance. But you got to think a little bit harder and a little bit better than that because there are – 
The Raiders did nothing wrong, and they were the ones that got the shortest end of the stick out of that situation. Well, I mean, look, I was over at the facility Friday, and I saw Coach Passaccia. We had a chance to chat about some things, and they, they were waiting for the news to come down. And I knew the game was going to – at first, people were thinking it was going to be um, it was going to be canceled. And I would be surprised that it would have been canceled or forfeited. Um, but when I heard the NFLPA was involved, I knew exactly it wasn't going to be forfeited. And the reason why is because within the CBA, there's a rule that you, know, you don't play – if the game is forfeited, you don't give out game checks. And so that would have hurt the Raiders players by not being able to get their game check regardless of the win. So the PA was going to fight for their uh, rights. And so I knew it was going to be postponed, just didn't know when. Yeah, um, and, and the forfeit, I actually the forfeit would have had to have – to not get paid – it would have it would have to have been the result of um, unvaccinated players like right. like that you know and and that wasn't the case uh, but it did get murky I mean there was a chance that if you do forfeit you know players the money's uh, end of it uh, could have got a little murky um, so they made the right decision in not forfeiting uh, as far as I'm concerned um, whether whether or not it was the right decision to uh, to postpone it I don't even know about that because it really didn't change things one way or another the browns basically were still missing all the players say for maybe one or two uh, that were able to come back um, and by the way while we have a chance because in the middle of all that lincoln the nfl changed course in terms of their testing policies now. right protocol okay. mm -hmm. right so uh what's very interesting about all this is if you look yesterday's testing and today's testing uh, there was a record amount of players that have tested positive, even more so than last week, which was a record breaker in, in itself, okay? All right, here's the thing, Lincoln. The, the players that are being tested right now are, are being tested under the brand new rules that were put in place on Saturday. What are those rules, Vinny? Well, those rules are vaccinated players are not subject to mandatory once-a-week testing anymore. But prior to this week, uh, after the game on Sunday, you showed back up at the facility on Monday or Tuesday if it was a Monday night game. You know what I'm talking. You know what the yeah, point I'm trying yeah, to make, certainly, yeah. right? Uh, everybody got tested. Didn't matter if you were vaccinated. Didn't matter if you were unvaccinated. Monday came, you got vaccinated. The unvaccinated players from that point on tested t every single day. You know that's their status. That's their protocol. But the vaccinated players test Monday. Boom. They're not. They don't have to test again until next Monday. All right. Right. All right, so 37, I think, players tested positive uh, last Monday and then throughout the week more and more and more and more. All right, uh, there's a point to this story. We got to yesterday and today, and there's even more players testing positive. However, the, the number of players has been dramatically reduced. It's no, it was no longer everybody had to get tested yesterday and today. It was only unvaccinated players. Players who were symptomatic, who might have had a cough or a fever or whatever the case, and the targeted players. Each week, the NFL is going to inform teams um, what groups they're going to target. And typically, from what I read, it's going to be a position group and their coaches, and, and right. that's who's going to be tested. So when you think about the numbers right now, Lincoln, and these, these increased numbers, keep in mind it's out of – a far less pool of players. Just imagine what the numbers would be if everyone was testing again today. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this new protocol happens. I, I think that the 
the you know the the current the reason why they changed it or they stressed it is because a lot of them put in the COVID protocol because of proximity and closeness and so to try to protect it and it looked it was funny um, the the stories that we heard about Miles Garrett. Um, all last week, how the, because the Browns had such an outbreak and they did not want to anything to jeopardize him, he didn't go around anybody until game day. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and I'll say that, yeah. And it wasn't just, it, it was, no, you had to test positive, period. Yeah, it, wasn't, right. it wasn't just the, uh, they don't do that anymore where if you're near that person, that sort of thing. It's literally uh, if you test positive. But, but what's, what's driving these new numbers, Lincoln, right now, and this is where science comes into play, um, it's the new, uh, Omicron, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Uh, variant, okay. Yeah. Which um, doctors, Damon's giving me a thumb up. He knows how I, I am with uh, pronouncing new words and stuff. Not very good. That's a, It's an Italian thing. I don't know what it is, but we can't, when we see a word that's intimidating, we're just, blah, blah, blah. so anyway, uh, I got it right, and I'm happy and proud of myself. Anyway, so this, this new variant, Lincoln, from the doctors, for, you know, and I'll give the NFL credit, they do follow the science, all right? They're not just um, flip flabbly just making rules. It seems like they're making up rules as they go along, but what they're really doing is adapting to the times. And they're basing it on very sound medical um, and expert kind of information, right? So right. this new variant, Lincoln, is, a, is way more um, contagious, Yeah, but it's far less damaging, damaging and severe. So, yeah, exactly. So in the NFL's mind, you have all these players that are testing positive, because of this new variant, this new, more contagious variant that really are, and honestly, they're healthy. <laughs> they're okay. Yeah. They're just, it's just, they're falling into a, a, this new category. So what they're saying is, and obviously the intent is they don't want to, uh, you know, uh, things to happen like what, what, what happened last week. They don't want this rampant, all these players testing positive, and then they have to go into these protocols where you have to test out of the protocols. You might have, you know, 20 players like the Browns missing a game, and you might have to postpone it. So to um, get around that, they're following their science, which says, look, we're, we're taking a calculated risk that even though, yes, there's players that are going to be playing who, if, they, if you tested them, they would be positive right now. Later, right, period. right. Um, but because it's not as severe, uh, this new variant, uh, they are they, they they believe that they'll be okay in the long run. Um, here's the other an, another very interesting thing about all this, Lincoln. Under the new rules, if you do test positive, you don't have to, and then you you know you test out eventually. Right. Um, you don't have to test again for 90 days. So 90 days is basically the Super Bowl, right? Right. That's, that's getting into Super Bowl territory. I, you know, if you're a team, it, it sounds crazy, and I don't think anyone would do it, but it's something that I would think that somebody has thought about. Just let a bunch of guys test positive real quick, get out of it, and then they don't have to get tested again the rest of this season. And if you're a Super Bowl contending kind of a team, that might be the best way to do it so that down the road you don't run into this kind of a situation. Well, yeah, and they also have to think that if you if you have this new variant, and of course that's you, most people that I've talked to that said they'd had it and they don't feel as, as worn down as the other one, um, that whether or not guys will report it. Or, or if they're not being tested, you know what I mean? Because they don't want to cause the scare. They don't want to miss time. So whether or not they're going to report it, it'll be interesting to see how the how the leagues want to police I it. I was going to ask you that, Lincoln, because there is a um, a level of you know honor system that's going to happen here. Yep. All right. Yep. And so, and you being an athlete, Lincoln Kennedy, you know as well as I do that whether it's this 
or whether it's an elbow that's kind of acting up or an ankle that might be acting up. If you can play, you're going to play. And it's not just because of, you know, you want to win the game. Right. It's a job, man. And not only that, but there's somebody biting at your heels at all times trying to take your job. So, um, you know, you talk to baseball managers that find out late in the season that their star pitcher was dealing with a freaking elbow that, you know, every time he went to go comb his hair, he could hear crack, popple, snap, all yep. this. But he wasn't telling anybody. That's right. <laughs> because he didn't want to come out of the lineup. So, um, you know, and I we get it. We understand that, Lincoln. But you're going to have some of that, right? Well, you're going to equate it. I would equate it a lot like the concussion stuff that happened. If you remember, after the concussions and they, they came out, you had guys, because of the concussion protocol, whether it was forced and basically making guys miss time, they, they stopped reporting. Or if they could, if they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't a blatant sign that they had a concussion or that they were suffering from a concussion. They didn't want to go through a concussion protocol. So that's, that's kind of what I equated to. You're going to have that, that, system in place or that way that philosophy in place not a system uh you don't have players that are going to do that they're not going to report their symptoms if they're not bad you know if you're not worn down or you feel you real feel totally sick what how will you decipher it from just a general cold well you're gonna you're gonna side on that (laughs) you're gonna say that's just a cold that's exactly (laughs) right so i mean that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking it's like you know you you the i remember the um when we went to Cleveland, we went in the stadium uh, yesterday. As we walked through the uh, security at the media check gate, the the lady who was the security guard said, "Can you answer the COVID questions?" And all of them, do, do you have any? Now, who's going to come to work and all of a sudden, yeah, I got all this. I know. I, I'm not feeling good. You're not. You know what I mean? So let's let's be honest. Let's be real. But you know what? Here's the thing. You got to take it seriously because it does affect uh, other people, and you never know how people are going to respond to the sickness. So I'm hoping that there's a level of professionalism and maturity when it comes to it. However. I know that guys don't want to miss time, don't want to miss checks, so I don't know how, how applicable that's going to be throughout the rest of the season. Now, I in my own case, I didn't do this um, deceptively. I was just, you know, no, 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 you know how the, right, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And the very last question was kind of a trick question. It was, um, I should have answered yes, but I was so programmed, no, 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 no. The, the lady th- said are you sure you want to answer that now? And I'm like, uh, let me look at the thing again. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was just, I was just programmed to go, no, no, I have, yeah. not, I have not. I have not. I have not. So we all do it. But um, but I didn't do it. Like, like I'm going to try to be as honest as I, I, I will. I'll, I'll well, the, the thing, Vinny, ultimately, is you want to be honest because it's not just for you. Exactly. But it's also protecting the health of other people. However, we know that people aren't going to, they're going to be like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to always be the case that people are going to be respectful and professional because they want what they want but i mean it's just it's a sign of the times we live in sad but it's true it is uh and it is sad you know what the raiders want lincoln kennedy what's that they want to go to the playoffs uh i think that's driving this team right now they want to turn that corner doesn't matter doesn't mean that they're gonna make it doesn't matter that doesn't mean that they'd win a game if they got there but getting there lincoln is so important for this franchise. It really, really is. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahudar, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy Absolutely. on Raider you know, Nation uh, Radio, 920 a.m. Absolutely. You know, um, in the situation where, I, you know, I was trying to be aggressive all night, especially, um, 
you know, with certain certain looks we had, and with the weather, usually you think just run the ball and all that. So I try to come in with a really aggressive mindset. Um, you know, we we had a lot of you know trying trying to hit some big play kind of things, and uh, so even there, I got the coverage I wanted, um, and I just I gave Zay a chance, and uh, obviously their, their corner sped up, stayed on top, and he went and made a play on the ball, which I have to give him credit, he made a great play, and um, you know after that, it's like. Please just get. I promise we'll win the game. <laughs> you know, uh, I promise we'll win it. Just get it back. And uh, and and the defense did, and uh, and we were able to you know go back down the field and win the game. That was uh, Derek Carr yesterday from uh, Cleveland talking about the interception he threw late in the game, trying to uh, take a chance downfield. Um, felt horrible about it. Obviously, uh, goes to the sideline and is basically like, "Look, defense, just get it back, man." Get it back. Uh, We'll take care of business uh, if you do. And Lincoln Kennedy, we've been talking all year about playing complimentary football. Look, stuff's going to happen on the field. You know, the defense is going to commit a penalty. The offense is going to, you know, turn the ball over from time to time. Who has who's back here? And, you know, I'll say this. As ugly as that win was yesterday, all right, and it was fugly in a lot of ways, um, here's the thing. When it got right down to it, with a minute, two minutes left or so, the defense said, we got your back, Derek Carr, got him the ball back, and the offense told the defense, I got your back now. And then Daniel Carlson came on the field and said, I got all you guys' back. I'm going to kick a 48-yard field goal in this cold weather, windy weather. Doesn't matter. i got to do it twice. I'll do it twice. You want to call a timeout? Call a timeout. I'm going to put it right through the uh, uh, you know, goalpost uh, a second time. Everybody had each other's back at the perfect time, Lincoln. That's a winning ingredient, and I know that – I keep talking big picture, Lincoln. There is a big picture to all of this, and it's learning how to win football games, period. And you win, you, you learn, you're going to win your blowouts, but you're going to also win a majority of your games by having to figure it out, having to slug it out, having to find answers at the right time, and having to play complimentary football, Lincoln, at the right time. I'm not that positive over this win. I'm not positive okay. at all. Well, well, I'm that, Vinny, Vinny, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Vinny. That interception that Derek threw, really he shouldn't have thrown it at all because because for two reasons. The route was designed to get Deshaun Jackson open on the late angle route, and he was wide open. I understood that Derek wanted to play aggressive. He tried it earlier before when he tried to throw up, and they got the pass interference. But this time with Greedy Williams sitting on top, that's no, that's a no-no. It's because it's a no-win situation for your wide receiver, especially with somebody underneath. So the, the reason why they had that route selection, you have Hunter Renfro running the, deep, the, the slant, you have Zay Jones running the, the, the post route, and then you have the angle route coming from Deshaun Jackson on the other side of the field, was to get Deshaun open on the second level, the intermediate level. And what they haven't had the fortune of doing is had the protection stand up the way that it did. Uh, and it was you know pretty sound last night uh, in the Cleveland game. The line played a lot better, uh, didn't give up a whole lot of pressures and stuff like that, which was surprising. But when it stood up, I understand you be aggressive, but you also have to be smart. They were fortunate enough the defense was able to slow them down because something, again, to my surprise, that the Browns didn't do. When they got Chubb going, that's their strength, running the football. I don't know what the heck they were doing with Nick Mullins most of the night. I don't know why they backed him up and tried to have him pass when you have a running back like Chubb. You saw what he was able to do in the second half to the defense, and when the defense got fatigued, yes, the defense made a couple plays after they got after they got the, the, the interception to get force a three and out. But if I was if I was the Browns, I would have been running that ball a lot sooner than they started in the second half. So, you know, they're fortunate enough to have 
whether it's arrogance of the coaching staff or however you want to do it, miscoaching, if they were able to get a win, yes, I'm happy. I'm not trying to be Donnie Downer. But at this particular junction of the season, we're talking about, what, 13, 14 games in? Now, you know, I'm, I'm not, there's, I don't give, you know, a pat on the backs for, for, for good behavior. You get, you're a professional. Now, damn well, you have to show it. There's things you can and you cannot do. Yes, they found a way to win. That's good. But they, that team that they played, the Cleveland Browns, was decimated with COVID and injuries. Half the players that were on there, we didn't even recognize. They brought up from, you know, the street level. Uh, they should have done a lot better and should have put that game away sooner. All valid points. But I'm going to tell you a story, Lincoln. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I was working in Los Angeles. You remember the baseball player Matt Kemp, right? Yep. So um, I was part of a Dodger caravan. They invited me. Hey, your reporter, come out. You know, get on a bus. We're going all throughout Los Angeles. You know, you'll be uh, hanging out with all these different players. You know, going to Santa Monica, going to the police department in the Valley, going, you know, all these various places, right? So our last stop was at Taft High School, Woodland Hills. Um, and uh, the, the, the ball players were going to meet some of the baseball players at Taft High School and then some of the softball players at Taft High School. So it's, it's, it's talking to the softball players, and, um, you know, it's the high school girls softball team. Matt Kemp, oh, my God, you know, uh, he was a star in Los Angeles at the time, and they were just, you know, beyond excited to talk to him. And this one player asked Matt Kemp, what do you remember of your first game in the big leagues? And Matt Kemp, well, I struck out three straight times to start the game. Or made out, struck out three, you know. Oh my gosh, wow. He goes, but you know what? You know what? I also got the game winning hit. <laughs> and on my last at bat in the ninth inning, fourth, you know, I got the game winning hit. And it showed me right then and there. It doesn't matter what happened. It's what are you going to do when it has to happen? And yes, Derek Carr threw an interception. Shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have thrown the pass. All of that is true. But we're talking about an organization, Lincoln, that has found ways to lose games over. And over and over again, all right? And you can't, and I understand not being satisfied with that win, but there's still learning tools to, uh, A, glean from it. B, you're still in the thick of things. And at this point in the season, doesn't matter who you're playing against, what the who, who's wearing the other uniform at all. We've seen such craziness happen. that The Cardinals lost to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I would contend that the Detroit Lions are a worse team than whoever the Cleveland Browns. But we've seen instances like that throughout I, the I, season. Exactly, exactly. You know, when the Denver Broncos beat the Dallas Cowboys when they were riding high. I mean, heck, the, this team, the, the Raiders were in it since they were 5-2. and two. They've been in it ever, ever. They've been fortunate enough since they hit the five and two mark. They've been fortunate enough to be in it. And the fact that because it's so garbled in the AFC that they're still in it is, it is a truly a testament to their resiliency, especially everything they've been through. I'm, I'm not coming down on that. I'm just saying that going forward, you know, you talk about lessons to be learned. Look, Alex Leatherwood is going to play the same way that he played in Kansas City, the same way he played last night in Cleveland, the same way he's going to play against Denver, and so on and so forth. The only thing, the only thing I think that was different with his play last night is that he was mindful that the, the that the Raiders had brought up Lester Cotton and had him in uniform, and that if he didn't play well, he was going to be probably dragged off the field and not play again. So, you know, that's what I was talking about, the level of accountability. When you have guys that are bouncing and feeding off of the energy of other guys in order to get things done. I mean, I can't even possibly fathom the type of feeling I could play as, as a player when a game is postponed. It's supposed to be on one day, and then they move it two days later, and you got to travel and all that other stuff, all the things that they've gone through. And, if, and just like you said last week, I would be mindful if I'm out there on a football field why would I want to play against you when I know most of your guys have COVID? What if you have COVID and you're asymptomatic and you give it to me? 
You see what I'm saying? Those oh, yeah. would be the types of things that are playing in my head other than playing a damn football game. Right. So all of that and then some. I mean, everybody in the Cleveland was walking around on eggshells because no one knew what was going on. No one knew who had what or whatever. And, they, and everybody just tried to have work as usual. I can't possibly fathom how playing that way or, or going through the motions that way, uh, seeing what we saw in Cleveland. But it is what it is. It's, it's circumstances you have to deal with today, things that are usually bigger than football, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of it in, in many ways, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, uh, I, Max Crosby said that the way he handled it was he played, what, Halo? Is that what it was, uh, uh, Devon? Was it a game? Yes. <laughs> a video game? He <laughs> said it gave me more time to play on my uh, Oh, I see, yeah. <laughs> so I just chilled. But what he was, it was the bigger point was I was able to kind of recoup, let the battery recoup a little bit longer. Now, on the flip side, he's going to have less time to recoup cool for, this for, one, the, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. Broncos game, so there's definitely some give and take. But, you know, um, I, I, I kind of liked how he just scoffed it off. Like, who cares? You know, uh, I was able to kick back a couple extra days in Vegas um, and, uh, and, and and play on my Xbox and just chill and get away from it for a little while. And the other part of that um, is that the Raiders, um, you know, because of that uh, postponement, you know, they, they had eight days to prepare for the Broncos. That got yeah. cut down to six games but or six days. But that Saturday, um, they gave the players off, and the coaches got to work, to work on, on, on Denver. Denver yeah, 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 I knew that was just adjust that schedule. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see. It's definitely there's nothing. There, you know, there, there there wasn't much to like about right. the win uh, yesterday. Um, at Other all. than it being a win. Exactly. Again, well, I don't want to be Donnie Downer. I'm saying a win is a win. I, I all wins are good wins. All less, losses are tough losses. Uh, I, I don't want to be that guy. I'm just saying that I want this team to show me a pillar of consistency in the final month of football. No and we've got a good, we got a good start with a win yesterday against Cleveland. Now we got to try to match it up with three more games. They're capable of doing it. You just saw – I mean, Foster Moreau, who, who for, for the life of me, prior to the big catches he had in the fourth quarter, had a case of the dropsies. I've never seen Foster Moreau miss that many passes or drop that many passes. I've never seen Hunter Renfro muff two, two punts in a game. You see what I'm saying? These are things, lack of concentration. Deshaun Jackson on a deep hook route Ooh. comes back, hits the ball, hits him right in the chest, and he drops it. Yeah, exactly. It, see, the, see, that's what I was talking about, the detail and the focus to attention. That's what was missing with so many times. When you have a guy who jumps off sides when he's at home and he can hear everything, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for you to drop the ball, especially short-handed receivers. But False Moreau came through and re redeemed himself yesterday's game because when he caught that ball and the, and, the, and, the, and the Browns thought he was running out, he actually ran ahead for another five yards. Great which was, and got about Sneaky, Absolutely. huge play. Absolutely. Heady. Absolutely. Right. Very heady. Very heads up and stuff like that. It's things like that that you see this team capable of doing that when they drop the ball or when they fumble the ball or when they can't catch the ball or when they jump off sides, you're just scratching your head like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And my only point was was that when they had to galvanize, when they had when 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 every unit, each unit had to do their thing at the most critical moment, they 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 rose up and found a way. And uh, I I I know that there wasn't anything to like. Maybe the 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 fifty eight minutes prior to that was just you know uh, forgettable. But those last two minutes, from the defensive effort to the offensive effort to Daniel Carlson and the special teams effort, was something to to. That's okay, you know. They they were able to do it, and and I say that Lincoln is far too often this franchise over the last however many years did the complete opposite in those type of situations. True story. So True story. You have to, you know, like like that's to me positive reinforcement counts. Clean up. The other 58 minutes, absolutely, 1,000%.
Uh, but but feel good about those last two minutes because it saved the damned season. Uh, above all else, it saved the Raiders' season, and now they're in fairly good position thanks to the Chargers playing analytics. We haven't talked about that, not kicking field goals when they probably could, should have kicked field goals. They lose a game they should have won against the Kansas City Chiefs, which opened a wide door for the for the Raiders. Also, the Denver Broncos uh, losing uh, yesterday as or Sunday, losing track of my days. That also opens up a door. Now, you know, there's a path of available who would have thought that you know just a couple of weeks ago yet here they are and if they can build on the positives and clean up the negatives from yesterday they can put themselves in a pretty decent position here we're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line Peter is on the line he wants to talk about the Raiders how you doing Peter what's going on what's on your mind Peter you tell me <laughs> what hey, you got so here's here's my view on things you know obviously the team started off hot and you know, we were all on cloud nine as a fan base. Things were going good. We were 3-0. and The Chiefs looked bad. But then, you know, some unprecedented things happened to us, right? We lose the head coach. We lose Henry Ruggs. I mean, this was a season unlike anything I've ever experienced. I can't imagine any Lions fans having nightmares of this sort of season. And I thought we were done. I thought we were dead in the water. And here we are, you know, week 14, 7-7, seven seven, we have tiebreakers against Steelers, against the Browns, against the Ravens, and we're still in the playoff hunt. And considering how bad the offensive line has played, I'm just, I don't know how we can view this season as this unmitigated disaster when we've overcome such great adversity. That's my, that's my two cents. I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually with you, Peter. I, I, I truly am. Uh, somebody brought up the point uh, today on Twitter. Uh, what if, you know, just, just let's, let's, you know, you don't want to wish this on anybody, but what if the Chiefs didn't have Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey for six games and lost to Kill for uh, the amount of times that the, that the or games that the Raiders have lost uh, Henry Ruggs? That's what they dealt with this year, period. Exclamation point. I'm not saying John Gruden is Andy Reid, um, but – you know, Darren Waller's pretty darn close to Travis Kelsey and, and and Henry Ruggs, the importance that he played in this offense was starting to really um, expand and escalate. So that was a huge loss for the Raiders. And yet, you know, they're not only are they a game off the pace, they're a game off the second wild card spot and the third wild card spot. So because the AFC and the way the NFL is structured, uh, everything is so clustered, um, you know, the Raiders um are, are have have life right now and what how many wins did you predict for the raiders this year i i said there was going to be either nine or eight or ten and seven nine or eight or ten and seven and they're right on pace for yeah, that lady. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean no no it, what's well you know what's most frustrating is that the games that they lost yeah. and to the teams that they lost i did not see i mean i didn't know where they were going to have their seven losses i didn't do it game by game i i i felt that they were able to compete with the chiefs and of course you never knew what was going to happen until it happened but you know i I thought they were better than the broncos i thought they would end up splitting with the chiefs and splitting with the the chargers um but you know after that first game with the chargers i'm like oh man i don't know where do we see and then of course they can't beat the chiefs get swept by the chiefs um so that's to be expected they're not going to be able to win the division they're going to have to go on a row with their first playoff game but there is a a whole lot of teams that are in that cluster and any now the teams they're playing they're playing are in that cluster they got to find a way to beat 
Yeah, and if they do if they do sweep, I mean, that gives them an 8 and 4 record against the AFC, which will help in any tiebreaker. Absolutely. Plus you'll have tiebreakers over the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Colts, um, and you'll be and the Broncos and you'll kind of be even with the Chargers. So, you know, um, don't want to get too far uh, out in front of ourselves and it is a uphill climb. Uh, but there's nobody on that schedule that I don't think if the Raiders came correct, they can't compete with Lincoln. You know, uh, even going into Indianapolis and playing a really good Colts team and trying to sneak a win out, they can do it. It's possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility, and you don't look at it as like, oh, there's no chance. I don't, anyway. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. It's a Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We just got to have that complete game, but, you know, we got we found a way. You know, at the end of the day, we got our offensive ball back, and that's all you can ask for is, you know, giving D.C. a chance to, you know, get us a dub and Daniel, you know, finishing the job, so... We'll learn from it. Obviously, i got to watch the film, but it was, it was a fun day. That was Max Crosby uh, after yesterday's win over the Cleveland Browns, 16-14. to 14, um, Was, you know, ugly, to say the least. Um, ugly. Ugly, definitely, <laughs> except in the standings where it was just the, uh, a, a fine piece of art because <laughs> um, it keeps the Raiders alive. And, you know, we, we were talking about this all week last week, uh, uh, Lincoln. It's, it's the playoffs right now for the Raiders. Right. And you know what? They they won a playoff game. <laughs> on, now yeah. they got to win three more, um, you know, uh, to to potentially uh, uh, punch their ticket uh, to the playoffs. But you know, they're one game off their the win total from last year, uh, right. which was eight wins. Uh, they're on target to kind of get close, maybe even achieve what you uh, predicted for them uh, at the beginning of the season: ten and seven, nine and eight. So uh, they're they're at least on target. Uh, still to do that and you know a lot has happened to this team too you know we can't ever lose sight uh, of that but I think listening to Max Crosby uh, talk about putting together a complete game and um, I'm trying to remember I think the Dallas game was fairly complete that was a good opponent that they played uh, in Dallas the two the game against the Broncos ironically enough their next opponent I thought was a fairly complete game and the win over the Philadelphia Eagles um, was a complete win other than that it was you know trying to scratch and claw and overcome maybe a deficiency on this side of the ball or a deficiency on that side of the ball. So, um, you know, that's going to happen in a 17-game schedule anyway. You're going to have those type of games. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. The Raiders need to reduce the amount of those kinds of games uh, and increase the amount of complete games. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And and you would hope, especially at this time, and that's why you know I've used the the, the, the analogy of the saying that teams that win in November, December play in January. Now the season's been extended. They're playing in January. But you know what I mean, going into playoffs. You want to play your best football at the end of the year. Um, and, and, and look – by no means is anyone saying that their win in Cleveland was their best football. I, I, don't, I don't think that. It, but they found a way to win. So you take that and try.
You're at least you're not licking your wounds after a loss, saying, "Oh man, we really let one get away." So uh, that is something to be, you know, to be happy with and, and to look forward to. And they've got a very—I mean, these games are not impossible. I don't think that there's anyone that's impossible. Even we've seen this team play against Kansas City. You don't want to see it again. It, it was just what's been frustrating to me from my vantage point is that you see the same guys making the same mistakes over and over again. And what Kansas City did, you know, they rushed four guys and they ran the most basic stunts you know, TE and ETs and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the offensive line couldn't pick it up. You know, they, they weren't, they were on different levels, especially the right side. So, you know, I was, I was really critical this past week and, and breaking down and, and talking with them and, and, you know, seeing where they are. And they, they had a better game, even though Cleveland's roster was depleted, they had a better game against Cleveland. And now going forward, you know, Denver's no slouch, nobody to shake a stick at. That's a good football team. And um, even though they don't have a quarterback, they, they still can make some noise. And still a pretty good, you know, Cleveland front. So, um, you know, if there is a the, the brightest of, of bright spots, um, uh, the offensive line played fairly well yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And we had been on their tail uh, all last week and these really all these last couple of weeks and the whole season for that matter, yeah. uh, save for Colton Miller. And I think Andre James is really kind of coming along. Um, uh, by the way, the holding call on Colton Miller, I, I wasn't it was a hold. That. It was a hold. Oh. Yeah. Wrapped up around his head. I mean, okay, it, 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 it's a hold. Yeah, technically, it probably was. Yeah. But the guy was the guy was going down. <laughs> he was going down, and if he and if Colton didn't wrap around his head, they would not have called. Right. If he would have extended and just pushed him down the ground, they wouldn't have called holding. But Colton, you know what he does with that that delayed drop step, he goes straight back and he he turns his body actually faster than I want to. But uh, first of all, let me preface this being critical of him. He should have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he, he should have made the Pro Bowl. I know there's other left tackles out there, but it, it's just a shame what they do with the line sometimes, how the guys just get in, whether they play well or not. But Cole Miller had a Pro Bowl caliber year, in my opinion, so he should have made the Pro Bowl. Uh, but, you know, when he does his little slip slide, uh, skip slide, he gets turned right away, especially against speedy guys. That's why guys get on top of him. And he's strong enough and quick enough and agile enough to be able to recover in most in most cases. But that time, as the guy was going down and he was trying to block him, he had his hand, uh, his arm around his neck during a call holding every time. By the way, I was uh, paying a lot of attention to Brandon Parker yesterday, and you're right, man. Um, the amount of players that just drop their shoulders and just drive right every into single the time. square of him. Every single time. <laughs> Yeah, every single time. And, and, and you know what? And here's the thing: is he just light on his feet, or what? I mean, I don't. I, no, no, it's not. It's not that he, he's he's. Well, you're saying why do they bull rush him? Well, I, I'm not just why do they bull rush him. I know why. I'm saying why does he? Why, why is it so easy for people to bull rush him? Like, is, is because it, he plays high. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And so what you see, he tries to do is he, he is tries high. to drop down. He's, he's a, a tall guy. Yeah, yeah, seven. six foot seven, something like that. Yeah, he he tries to drop down, and what's going to happen is that guys are going to have a quick swim move. That's going to be the next counter because he's going to drop down and try to take on the bull rush. You know, what's most frustrating is that he hasn't been coached up on how to stop the bull rush. There are techniques that you can do, but he has never used them. I don't know if he can't use them or he just chooses not to. He he knows it's coming. And and I mean I my back hurts for him when he takes on these these bull rushers, because all they're trying to do is push him and drive him back to Derek. And because he is so tall, once they get back at that level, all they have to do is reach over to the left or to the right, and they're going to hit the ball or hit Derek's arm. And here's the thing about that too: uh, that's right in Derek's eye. Absolutely. Position, right. So absolutely. Imagine seeing this big six foot eight dude. Just getting like uh, without a doubt pushed right into you, basically, yep. or your vision. And so, and it usually happens when at its sometimes he's able to kind of hold it off enough where at least 
you know, Derek has enough time to throw the ball. But yeah. there's other times where it's just so instantaneously. Like, these guys are so fast and so strong on the other side of the ball where once they get leverage on him, um, it's like, bam, he's right on top of uh, Derek Carr. And uh, there's not much you could do as a quarterback um, unless you no. could run. You know? Well, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. If, if he could, but he's, you know, I appreciate the fact that Derek wants to look downfield for open receivers. And, and, and there are times, but there are also times where he's got to – Extend a play with his legs. He's got to run, um, and 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 if you don't, you know, you're just putting yourself, you're setting yourself up in trouble. And and I, I hate to see him cringe when he's going to get hit or something like that. But you know, he's got to take it into his hands and the ability because he has the athleticism. He has the ability to do it. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, he can run. He looks he's, awkward he's, sometimes when he runs. Well, no, no, there are there are, no. Give me, trust me. If, if you try to run like an RPO or something like that, he looks awkward. He did, well, but yeah, he kind of did. Well, yeah, yeah, wait, no, first, but we've got to talk about that. Yeah, play real but quick. he can he can run the football. He can. He's got athleticism. He's quick. He's not slow. He's not like a, a a Jared Golf or anything like that. He can move. He just chooses not to. Okay, uh, let's get back to that play where you, I think you know what play I'm talking about. Uh -huh. On the, uh, it would look like a, it, it, it looked like it was set up to pitch potentially um, to uh, to Hunter Renfro. But do you remember the play I'm talking yep. about? Everybody? Okay, mm -hmm. I don't think he ever had any inclination of ever of ever pitching it to Hunter Renfro. In fact, like two steps in, he's telling Hunter get in front of me and block for me. It's like what? it just the whole play looked just. Crazy. And well, I also, know I, they were running to the short side of the field yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a surprise. There was there was a couple things questionable, especially when there was one play when he was out of receiver, and I think uh, Jacobs got the ball and he tried to go out, and I saw Derek Carr trying to block somebody downfield. I'm like, dude, that's not happening. Dude. Yeah. So don't uh, stay within your lane. Don't 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 go down and hurt yourself. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that that would have been a, that would have been a bad look. Hey, they exactly. did get Marcus Mariota uh, on on the field um, yeah. for for a few about. Four or five plays, I think. Right. Um, would love to see. Um, you know, I thought the uh, the the third down run was it a third down run or maybe even a second down run at the goal line. Uh, I would like to have seen a fake and let Marcus because it was there. And I think it, it was almost sort of a counter where um, where um, uh, the running back twenty eight, Josh Jacobs, runs to his left and the whole right side was wide open. There's just one guy that Marcus would have had to beat uh -huh. um, to the end zone, and uh, you know they weren't able to get it. But I do think they scored on Brian Edwards's catch on that on that drive. By the way, nice. That was that was a nice moment for Brian Edwards. Uh, goes up and gets it. I wish they would use him more in the red well, zone. Well, like I, I mean, I think they're trying to, but I also think that from 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 what I've talked to with the coaches and what I've seen on yeah. the film, the, the the Brian's not running the right route depth. He's not he's not running it to where Derek feels most comfortable to throw it. If right. that makes sense, yeah. He's cutting off some of the some, – sometimes he's cutting off the uh, the depth and the distance down the field. He's turning up too soon. He's going in when Derek expects him to go out based on the way the coverage is played and stuff like that. So there's a lot of times where it's, it's, it's a building process to develop the chemistry between a quarterback and wide receiver. Yeah, it is, especially nowadays uh, yeah. with the uh, lack of practice time and yep. all that kind of stuff. But uh, did you want to say something, Devin? Mariota had a season-high four snaps yesterday. Four snaps. Wow. We're getting there. They're coming. Yep, We're getting right. there. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonds, Jaron Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It's a Raider Nation Radio Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday, and there's football on the TV right now. Crazy. Rams against the Seahawks. Uh, Rams off to another slow start, so we'll see if they can get it together. And then another game uh, being played right now, I think, the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. I'm all confused. We'll talk to you after the break.